Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, DeLuca Alex. And today, joining us in studio, we are really happy to have with us Chastity Davis. She's joined us at the recommendation of a guest that we had a few weeks ago, Lee Hodgins, and we managed to get Chastity in, like, almost lickety-split, which is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Chastity is the principal of Chastity Davis Consulting. She's also a bridge builder um, between her um, people, the first people of the land, and non-Aboriginal people, the settlers of the land, and has her finger in many pots, which actually sounds like she's one of our kind of people, for sure. <laughs> Luke yeah. and I both kind of yeah, multitasked, multi-interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just thinking about um, consulting because it's one of those catch-alls, right? Yes. So it's quite useful if you do a whole bunch of different things. You can just put it all in the pot of consulting. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about what, like, what does your week tend to look like? Your average week. Well, there's no real there average, no average week, <laughs> but I. Uh, <laughs> well, it's maybe one year. One yeah, month. yeah. <laughs> I so think, what, yeah. No, like, what are the ingredients that go into into your pot? Right. Well, a lot of my work lately has been in Indigenous awareness training and helping companies um, through the reconciliation movement. So a lot of my work will be customized um, within corporations largely. It's been that way with companies lately looking at their um, mission statement, their objectives, their values, um, and their lines of business and um, weaving in reconciliation into everything that they're doing. And so working with large companies like BC Hydro and BC Lotto and to smaller companies like the David Suzuki Foundation and and First Nation organizations like the Native Court Workers and really customizing um, Indigenous awareness, A, and then B, looking at like how do do each of those companies, communities um, answer that call to the reconciliation movement? Right. And so that looks different depending on the size of your organization, the size of your community, the size of your department. And so really helping um, bring this whole truth and reconciliation um, movement from theory down to how do we actually implement and get into action? And what is my role as an individual Canadian citizen in reconciliation? What is my role as an employee at organization A, B, or C, right? And then what is the role of our department within our organization? And what is the role of our organization in the reconciliation movement in Canada? What is our responsibility, given our lines of business, our our mandate, our business goals and objectives? So it's like a really comprehensive um, program that, you know, I customize for each of my clients. So 
that's where I've really been focusing the last probably couple of years. Um, that's the majority of my work. I also do um, strategic planning, communications planning. Um, I do um, community engagement and lead environmental assessment processes for large capital projects um, in resource development. I also um, uh, do a lot of public speaking um, and so I talk about uh, reconciliation, I talk about bridge building, um, and I also am an Indigenous woman, and so I talk a lot about the importance of um, promoting safety and optimal health and wellness for Indigenous women and children and families. So I, that's a lot of what I'm talking about in the context of reconciliation, economic development, um, community development, environmental assessments, like um, yeah. all of that. So really bringing and elevating the voices of Indigenous women and children that have been oppressed for yeah. um, since this country was exi has existed mm -hmm. and bringing, um, elevating not only my own voice as an Indigenous woman, but all of the Indigenous yes. women that I know in my network and then some. So really focused on that. And in my own um, wellness journey, I um, became really passionate about yoga. Mm. And so I um, became a certified yin yoga teacher. And so that's part of my consulting practice now. And really... <laughs> You're it's, making quotation yeah. marks around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you called it out. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's like part of my consulting practice and really wanting to bring... Um, traditional indigenous knowledge and weave that in with the yoga philosophies and mm. bring wellness and, and yin yoga to um, indigenous women and communities um, that normally wouldn't have access into a yoga studio or wouldn't go to a yoga studio. Um, but bringing it and and we all do yoga for different reasons, but yin yoga is about connection to self and connection to land and, and all of that. So I've been focusing on bringing Indigenous and non-Indigenous women and communities together through yoga. Um, so that's been my sort of new endeavor. Um, and but it all fits together, doesn't it? Yeah. Like there's a, there is a theme. There yeah. is a, a sort of a central um, trunk mm -hmm. to this. Yeah. And the theme is um, about bridge building and, and through reconciliation and really peeling back the layers of who we all are as individual human beings on this journey of life and, and finding um, the similarities where we can connect and where and we really like once we start digging beneath the surface of who we all are as individuals we realize we have more similarities than differences mm -hmm. and the concept of yoga and and um translates to unity mm -hmm. right so that real like oneness concept and so the yoga philosophies have been a part of my own individual journey mm -hmm. and so i i can only um share and offer and teach what I've learned. And right. so I yeah. must be living the unity, the oneness, that reconciliation mm -hmm. um, 
in my daily life so that I can offer that to the world. And to be in integrity yes. and to really feel like you can stand behind what you're saying. Yes, yes. This The recon- truth and reconciliation process is such an interesting one because it, it I mean, it starts with awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's uh, somewhere in there eventually an apology. Mm-hmm. But the apology doesn't mean anything if it isn't moving something, or opening a door for something to move along. Yes. And and most of us don't know how to do that. Yeah. It's not that we can't learn how to do it or that we don't have some ideas about how to do it, but um, th- it sounds like what a lot of what you're doing is the facilitation of of those the moves in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I always think of um, truth and reconciliation because the first place I ever heard of it was in South Africa. Right. And that process of healing these these wounds that are so great, these gaping wounds that are so big that they strike fear into most people. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's afraid to move around them because they might make it worse. Mm-hmm. Right? Just like the mm-hmm. doctor that's afraid to go in when they're a new doctor because, mm-hmm. oh my God, what if I make it worse? Yeah. Um, but but it's, a, it's an iterative process, mm-hmm. right? What made you so clear that that's what you wanted to get mm-hmm. into? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, I talked a little bit about in, in my opening comments that I have to be living reconciliation and, and so that I can offer it to the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think in my bio it says that I'm um, from the Claw Emmon Nation, which is located off the Sunshine Coast on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my family tree there goes is like the length of this university, right? <laughs> so it's like it goes on. on since time immemorial. I have mm-hmm. roots um, with the Claw Emmon Nation, and mm-hmm. they're also um, intertwined with the Clahus, Comox, and Homolco peoples. Mm-hmm. And so because they're all in the same, area. they're all in the same area, mm-hmm. and so my roots um, go strong and most of those communities were matrilineal Mm. and so we go through our mom's side of our heritage Um, and then the other part of my heritage is I'm English and Ukrainian mostly on my father's side with a Ukrainian grandma and an English grandfather Um, so my dad is um, third generation Canadian so I have um, the first people's blood in me and I have the settler blood in me. Mm -hmm. And so when Mm -hmm. I was a little girl, I struggled with identity and um, and just not really understanding what that meant and looking around the indigenous community and seeing a lot of suffering Mm -hmm. and um, and not fully understanding why and not really wanting to connect with that because of um, the, the, the subtle racism that was happening in the communities and just really wanting to fit in. And so I was able to do that, but I pushed my Indigenous culture to the side. I would never deny it. If somebody asked me, are you Indigenous? I would say yes. Of, yeah, do you want to have a conversation about that? Mm-hmm. Or, But it wasn't something I led with. Mm-hmm. And so as I struggled in my journey with that, um, in, in some really unhealthy ways, um, I had to come to terms with that identity. And I had to start to learn about what it meant to be Indigenous, what it meant to be the First Peoples, and what it meant to be the settler. 
Mm-hmm. And so it, I've spent, you know, the latter part of my life, 15 years, really trying to understand what that means. And so doing a lot of inner work and, and like and showing like how my anger showed up about that, how my shame showed up, how my denial showed up, mm-hmm. how like my joy started to show up around that and my resiliency and my strength. So all of that, the the dark parts of it and the beautiful parts of the cultures both. Yes, Settler yeah. and 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 first peoples, right? Or colonized and colonizer. Mm-hmm. And so starting to really start to unpack what does that mean? How does that show up within me, inside mm-hmm. of myself? Wow. And move through some of that and be comfortable with some with all of that. And then so that's how I approach the reconciliation work. And one of the most powerful questions is what do you need to reconcile within yourself? Mm-hmm so that you can offer reconciliation to the world. Mm-hmm. And often our journey um, starts internally so that, so that we can authentically and in integrity, as you said, Luca, um, walk the talk. And it's not just like, it's, it's like the, the business is, um, flows from that because I'm living it. Yeah. And it, it's not been um, a hard journey for me. It just is flowing, and I'm trusting, and I just keep walking that talk. And it's it's an intentional um, – I set the intention to live that way, and so I, I have to say no to a lot of things um, and say yes to a lot of healthy um, healthy ways of being so that I can continue to live that way. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who are joining us, um, we're in the studio with Essential Conversations with Chastity Davies, who um, I'm calling a bridge builder, um, but it, uh, we're, we're unpacking what all is about, mm-hmm. that bridge building is about. Um, it's so interesting when you're talking about that inner process and then the outer process for an individual. It, I think that translates also in an organization of any kind into uh, my work as an individual mm-hmm. and my work as a member of a greater community. Mm-hmm. And we're all members of so many communities, mm-hmm. even even within what our... Uh, genetic makeup may be right. Like I may be, yeah. I may be part of a foundation. I may work for a foundation, but I also may live in a particular community. And um, as a as a woman, I'm part of the community of women. And you know, as um, I might be part of business a business community. I might be part of a geographic community. I might be a part of a community of interest. And so we're all wearing many different hats and mm-hmm. juggling them all the time. This is another piece, mm-hmm. isn't it? Too. Mm-hmm. To, to juggle in, in oh, all of this. Oh, definitely, yes. How did you find what technique you wanted to use, or did you invent your own mm. in terms of your early work mm. with figuring out how you were dealing with all of this inside yourself? Where did that early awareness come from for you? I think it's largely been an organic process. Um, and I think, so I've just... Um, I think before we came to the studio, we talked about trust, right? And so it's really just been about trusting the journey for me and and not being prescriptive. Like I went out on my own um, eight years ago this September um, with like minimal, no business plan, minimal savings, and just like 
a really intuitive feeling that like I needed to leave the organization that I was working for, um, not because they were bad or anything, but just because I needed to spread my wings and I was young enough and um, I didn't have too many responsibilities at the time. And it was like, I'm just going to do it. And so I put in my two weeks and I went with it. And um, it takes and I courage. Just, it does. Yeah. But it was just like now or never. Now is the time. And I really felt that like within my bones, you know, yeah. that it was like I've, I have to do this so that I'm still feel like I'm walking and living in integrity. And then I just trusted and I started in community engagement work. So going into communities on behalf of corporations and working um, with community. So I've worked in over 125 of the 203 First Nation communities. Wow. And then I started to to. Start start to like see themes and I started to see like I started to discover culture and you know I I often say it was like the corporations that actually brought me back to my culture right and we hear the opposite a lot right that corporations Mm -hmm. have 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 largely taken away culture and so for me it's it's profoundly been different um and so i had they had the i took the opportunity to go into those communities and not only have a business agenda but a real curiosity like a real authentic like curiosity childlike curiosity to just like be there and listen and learn and like be respectful and take part in ceremony and like listen to the stories of the elders and the knowledge keepers and the youth and go to the community events and cut the carrots and take the garbage out and like even though I was there for like these business reasons it was like I just just wanted to be around that energy and really learn about indigenous peoples in the fabric of the community yeah yeah and and I always believed that that the indigenous knowledge was in me, and that it was about activating that, right? Yeah. Rediscovering Connecting that, it, awakening it, because it yeah. is in your bones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that all of that knowledge is um, is asleep sometimes, right, inside of us as indigenous peoples and all peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. for me, it was like just being around that, and and I still go in there and love it because it's mm-hmm. like I'm reactivating the, that that. Um, well, they call it epigenetics now, the scientists, yes, yes, right? Yes. That what's in your... It's in a very yeah. real, real way, remembering yeah. parts of yourself, yeah. putting these pieces that that are there but may not have been consciously connected yes. within this body, this lifetime, this mind, yeah. where you are right now, yeah. but all the ancestors are supporting you. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca and I were talking about this a little while ago about how... <clears throat> There, there's a lot of appropriation mm. of um, of the culture mm. of uh, First Nations people, and and an assumption that all First Nations people have the same culture, which of course isn't right. true. Mm-hmm. But but also, I think the the appropriation, although it may be in many ways disrespectful, it's also expressing a, a, a thirst, a hunger a for for ritual, <laughs> for um, practices that have meaning that help us to make. Um, m- make meaning out of the the seemingly crazy things that mm-hmm. happen to us in life, the tragedies, the opportunities, um, ways to celebrate, ways to go deeper. It's yeah. it's also one of the the fundamental woundings of the settlers, right? That we've yeah. removed ourselves, or were removed for whatever trauma or crisis mm-hmm. that there was in the past, mm-hmm. from our own root system, mm-hmm. our own whatever was there, mm-hmm. and in that lostness that we have 
when we when we see someone mm-hmm. or someone meaning a community mm-hmm. that is so connected <laughs> yeah there's a there's that yearning mm-hmm. right but the appropriation is not the way to go no, it's you know, not the way to the go but there's but there's an opportunity learning. there for us to go back into our own we heritage. can remember yeah, also right? yeah we can also remember yeah. <laughs> we can remember and there's it reminds me when you're talking about those two things two two things that I will share um, one of my cultural elders that I've been, that I've been working with for about a decade he always says to non-indigenous people like you have culture and rituals yeah. and connection to your land Find out. Ask Find your it. grannies. Yeah, do exactly. the ancestral yeah. stuff. Go yeah. to that land yeah. and stand on that yes. land, <laughs> and like just be there and be still yeah. and yeah. breathe in, and Absolutely. that will start to activate that. Yeah. The second story that that reminds me is when I was in Hawaii working with the Hawaiians, and um, one of the Hawaiian ladies said to me, um, "Chastity, we are all indigenous." We are all indigenous to this planet. Mm. Mm. We don't come from another planet. That's right. So, uh, all at, you know, well, maybe, we're all maybe, yeah, maybe somewhere we do. Like, then we started with the alien Muppet stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like, but you know, in theory, we are all indigenous yeah. to this planet. Yeah. And she said to me, she said, some of us are closer to that indigenous ancestry than others. And the work that you're doing in bridge building and reconciliation mm-hmm. is reawakening that indigenous part inside of people mm-hmm. right yeah. and the, the, not just me there's a whole bunch of my colleagues that are doing this work as well in their own creative expressions right and so I think that remembering that focusing on that unity piece yeah. um, and also respecting the differences yeah. right yeah. Yes. and being and able to to yeah, yeah acknowledge honoring them. the special belongings mm-hmm. that every body does have yeah and that we all can find that even in our own Mm -hmm. way yeah i have a question for you because this area of work is really big really deep really heavy in in and sometimes really joyful in other ways really Mm -hmm. important Mm -hmm. how do you fill yourself Mm -hmm. when you're carrying and stepping into Mm -hmm. such it's draining and powerful painful and beautiful mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. how do you sustain yourself it's a very good question and I think that um, you know the mainstream um, definition of balance is that it's like the equal scales right mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> no well but you see your hands are moving <laughs> yeah, right it's like it's balance like, yeah. is not no. stationary yeah. even think yeah, about no. you know yoga right we're not you don't when you have balance, it's not that you're not moving. Yeah. It's mm. that everything is minutely adjusting. Yeah. All right? The All the time yeah. and feeding into it. Yeah. So what, what feeds into you? Yeah. So uh, the, over the last few years, as I've sort of been like diving deeper in, um, I've um, created time. to. I, I love to be um, a world traveler. So I'm a globe trotter. Um, and so I carve out um, at least a couple months a year to take long trips and um, step out of the scene mm. so that I can. And my my business coach tells me it's not time off chastity, right? Yeah. Like it's like you're it's like an a, investment. Yeah, it's like I'm stepping out and I'm going to another country. And so that. And then I'm like the same childlike curiosity to them around reconciliation here and with the different people I work with and companies and indigenous communities I take across the world. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to start looking for the 
those similarities and those differences, right? And it's, but it's like, I'm not as attached to it because I'm like traveling and I'm like, I'm in vacation mode. And so that's one piece um, that, uh, that, that really fills me up is, is traveling the world and learning about other people and like what fills them up. Mm-hmm. Ceremony when I'm home mm-hmm. is yeah. a big one. I need to be um, connected to my ancestors and to nature and to the ancient ways of being and knowing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like always like, Praying. I've got smudge going. I use essential oils um, when I can't make it out to nature. One of the one of the oils I use a lot is the cedarwood oil. Um, so I've got like the the West Coast medicines of the cedarwood oil on me that grounds me. And I'm so is cedarwood oil for grounding? Yes, grounding okay. and yes. connection to heart. So if you okay. can get cedarwood oil, doesn't matter the brand. Mm-hmm. It's grounding and connection to heart and nature. Um, and cleansing. So, so you brought your rituals in with you today. So this is your show and tell items. Are, yes. Uh, you you brought sage and you and you smudged the studio for us and smudged us. So yes. we're feeling all very um, fresh, fresh <laughs> and clear and connected and all of that. Um, you also brought an absolutely beautiful scarf that you placed everything mm-hmm. on top of. What's the significance mm-hmm. of the scarf to you? Well, the scarf is made by um, and designed by an indigenous um, fashion designer um, from the from. She's Native American. Her name's mm-hmm. Bethany Yellowtail, and she does beautiful clothing. So I try to support indigenous women entrepreneurs wherever I can. Um, and the scarf is 100% silk, and it, it has feels beautiful. Yeah, it's got three women in their traditional dress and their headdresses. And um, it's about representing the strength and resiliency of um, Indigenous women. So, and bringing that into the contemporary with the design. Yeah. So it's like for me, it's about like always reaching back and reaching forward, right? At the same time. At the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, we can't go back to who we used to be and romanticize about that. And mm-hmm. so, it's about like how do we how do we chart our way forward without forgetting who we are grounded in our tradition so that's what the scarf signifies what was the name me. of the artist for the scarf Bethany again? Yellowtail you c- yeah you can google her and she's always got like new clothes and scarves and jewelry and stuff out she's an amazing woman so just to interrupt you for a second yeah. if anybody's um, in, if any of you out there who are listening would like to see what this looks like, um, we're tweeting out a picture of it so you can um, you can see what the three women on the scarf look like. And Rebecca will also tweet out a link to this. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we're at Essential Conv, which is Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. Um, and we will be tweeting out for the duration of the show, and you can come back and have a look at it afterwards if you want to. So that's just to, um, so people can follow along visually. So um, tell us a little more about what you've got here. Sure. So I brought in some uh, sage, uh, sage brush from the interior, which is not. Um, um, West Coast Salish, but is yeah. one of the most mainstream uh, cleansing medicines that um, mm. we have, and you can get it at Banyan Books and all of the kind of like hippy dippy New Age stores. Mm. Um, and 
it and it just cleanses um, the air uh, quite often. Um, it will uh, we carry a lot of energy going to like all the different places that we do and people like brushing by you and stuff. So it's just like our yeah we pick up energy yeah, dust totally right? yeah. So the it's day. just like cleansing yeah. it yeah. and staying like heart centered mm. and staying connected and in alignment. Mm. And I brought an eagle feather. Um, to, that I use to smudge you off, um, mm. and that travels with me most places. Mm. Um, and I have a collection of them, but the one that I have was gifted to me um, by Chief Joe Alphonse, um, who is the Chilcotin tribal chief. And I was up in his community doing a healing circle between the RCMP and his community. And um, so at the end of that, he said that the eagle feather that I had brought looked pretty ratty. Because <laughs> <laughs> it had seen a lot yeah. of use. And a lot of travel. And he was like, so we're gifting you this eagle feather. So, yeah. So, and um, yeah, so it means a lot to me, uh, the eagle, this eagle feather. And so it's now the new one that will come with me and get ratty. So, what's the significance of the eagle? Right. So, it depends on culture, but like uh, sort of a generic. uh, um, description of what the eagle means um, is uh, that they are um, our ancestors reincarnated in the eagles and they're blessing us so quite often like when I go to the February 14th memorial march for the murdered and missing indigenous women and girls quite often you'll see eagles circling above and we believe that that's the presence of the ancestors and the strength of the ancestors with us when I travel all over the province to remote places I'm always looking when I get in the rental car and I'm on the remote highways I'm usually always greeted by at least one eagle that's Mm -hmm. like circling and so um, just a just a confirmation that the ancestors are there. Mm-hmm. The eagle feather um, is, uh, we use it in like talking circle and, and different things. Um, and so when you're holding it, like I am right now, as I'm speaking to everybody, yes. um, it, it um, encourages you to speak from your heart mm-hmm. and, and to speak your truth. And so um, that's why I travel with one because um, I'm quite often leading uh, circles. So mm-hmm. um, then it becomes useful or I'm smudging people. And so the spirit of the eagle is with you and cleansing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did bring rose quartz as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and is, you're wearing yeah, it as well. Yeah, I'm wearing the mala that you'll see in the photo that was mm-hmm. tweeted by Rebecca. And I'm also uh, wearing a, a ro- rose quartz mala um, wrist mala that I brought each of you as well. So that sits right on the pulse points. Yes, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the rose quartz is the stone of the heart. And um, the the ancient teachings of yoga and the sadhus and sages of the East and and the elders here in the West, like the themes that I've that I've mined out is always about being coming from the heart and being a heart centered leader. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of I'm weaving in those teachings of heart centered leadership mm-hmm. into my reconciliation work. So the rose quartz malas. Um, encourage me to stay connected to my heart. 
um, and to um, speak from my heart in a really good way. So th- I think that's what I had. Now you've that. got a green stone in your mala as well. Is it green? Yeah, the turquoise. Mixed. Oh, it's turquoise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The lights in here change it to a different color, but yeah. yeah. So so this mala was made for me by um, the yoga teacher that I took training with, and she designed it for me. And so I do a lot of speaking, and so the turquoise is oh, by the throat right by chakra, your throat chakra. So it clears. It, it's a clear pathway from my heart chakra to my throat chakra mm-hmm. so that I'm speaking authentically and being connected from my heart chakra and being able to clearly communicate what is in my heart through my throat chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just supports me in that. And then I have the clear crystal quartz crystal, which is um, just about uh, cleansing and clearing and protection and yeah. And clear mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. As my understanding of yeah. clear quartz crystal, it yeah. helps to really clarify your thought process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, head and heart together. Yes. And yeah. the expression of it. Well, yeah. It feels like the perfect time to play one of the songs that you've requested for today. We've got MC Yogi, Give Love. Yes. Does that sound right yes. for right now? Yep. Okay, yeah, cool. That's Would you like to tell us before or after we listen to it why you chose this song? Well, I think the title sort of speaks for itself. Um, MC Yogi is obviously huge in the yoga community. And um, so when I first heard him, I loved it because he it's like this really uplifting tune. And I usually will play like if I, if I go to speak somewhere and they ask for a song, this is what I'll ask them to play as I'm walking Perfect. out. All right. Because it's just about giving love. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a listen to this and we will rejoin Chastity Davis here in the studio in just a few minutes. Hush, little darling, don't you cry. Every little thing's gonna be alright. Don't worry, don't be afraid. Every little thing's gonna be okay. Open up your heart, unlock the cage. Turn the key and break the chains. Love will always find a way. You gotta give love Yo 
You're listening to 90.1 CJSF. We broadcast from Burnaby Mountain, and we'd like to take a moment to respectfully acknowledge that we do broadcast on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh specifically in this area. And joining us today from the Powell River, and I did not learn to pronounce your nation correctly, so would you please... Guide Say me through it again. that again. Sure. It's the Klaamin Nation. Klaamin Nation. Yeah. So Chastity Davis is from the Klaamin Nation from near the Powell River, River area, right? Yeah. Settler names, but yeah. 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 <laughs> what was your original name of that land? Or is it Klaamin? Yeah, it's Klaamin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very different from Powell River. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful there, though. Mm-hmm. Your lands are beautiful. Yes. Yes, I had the chance to visit there, and it was... It was really amazing. Yeah, we're right on the beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's beautiful. It's a, it's kind of extreme in that area, mm-hmm. but in all the wonderful ways. Yeah. yeah, it was like largely, it's two ferries from the lower mainland, so it was like kind of this little hidden gem, but yes. now people are finding out about it, and it's like yeah. developing more, yeah. and real estate's going up, and which is great, right? Like in tourism, and there's just so much to do there. Mm-hmm. So. I thought you were talking about fairies not fairies (laughs) (laughs) and i'm imagining these little fairies flitting around (laughs) with wings and 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 saying no no not here (laughs) oh my gosh that's awesome um we just took a listen to mc yogi's song give love which was uh, chastity's first song request for today um but i do have a question i want to ask you because you when we were first speaking at the more the top of the hour you were talking about how a lot of your consulting work you do with the big some big corporations which uh, and you're guiding them through some steps of reconciliation reconciliation work and I was sitting here thinking wow how did that like I didn't even know that big companies were I'm so glad to hear that they are investing money and time into that it's decolonization work as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's the because these corporations and societies where a lot of the structures exist mm-hmm. that continue to do the oppression mm-hmm. and create the the injustices that need to be so. Um, but that's reconciliation work doesn't seem to l- translate to oh this is our bottom line you know fiscally responsible whatever so tell us how that works mm-hmm. where what is it that you're connecting mm-hmm. to there yeah. or is it just that maybe there's more going on in the businessy side than just business mm-hmm. yeah well i think i you know we have a long way to go i think companies and corporations still have a long way to go so that preference prefacing the work that I'm mm-hmm. doing as one single indigenous woman inside yeah. of Yeah, how are yeah. you? Yes, exactly. So, and uh, and my colleagues that are doing the work as well. Yes. Yeah. It's in its infancy. Yes, yeah. And I think that um, how it's, for, for big companies, it's usually about that bottom line, right? And so how I've been able to articulate and, and get the investment and convince the investment is to speak to the business goals. Right. So how is this how is this reconciliation work or a company wide indigenous awareness strategy? um, How will that help you meet your bottom line? Right. And so those are the types of conversations that I have. And that way, like I keep it like really businessy and corporate language. Right. To get through the door. Mm -hmm. And normally once you get through that door, then you can st- then there's like you get you speak to those business reasons the this the the single bottom line right, right? or the triple bottom line some of the companies have yeah, that that more enlightened yeah yeah a little further down the path they're yeah. beginning to look at yeah. bottom line is not just money yeah 
but largely it's um you know the, the the companies will come in because there's a business reason and then once they start to learn about the history and um the calls to action and um how you know everything in this province and in this country is on traditional territory and you can tie all of that to a business reason um, right. and then also show that um building relationships with indigenous communities building respectful and meaningful relationships with Indigenous communities will actually help you be a more progressive, cutting-edge um, business. Like, it's, for me, and it's a no-brainer. It's like to act, it's like businesses investing in working in China or India or um, other countries. And I think that we always think that the intercultural pieces of business are outside of the country when we have such a diverse um set of cultures and nations within Canada. Mm -hmm. So it, we have over 634 First Nation communities in Canada at any given time mm -hmm. with um, over 60 language dialects um, and uh, distinct cultures and language and governance systems and connection to land and, and, and animals and water mm -hmm. and all of that. So medicines. Medicines um, and, and yeah, water systems and and all of that mm -hmm. and so I think that so just like showing that diversity that diversity and inclusive inclusive leadership can actually happen within the boundaries of Canada and that if <laughs> once you um, can become well versed in that um, that will help you become a more progressive innovative cutting-edge business and all businesses are looking for that edge mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so if you can really take the soft um, or the soft skills in quotation marks mm -hmm. um, and and tr and really translate that into speaking to the businesses mm -hmm. then you normally you're you can get in and at least get them to agree to a one or two day workshop and mm -hmm. then start showing them the possibility from going there right and then you start yeah. to talk to hearts right yes hearts talk to hearts yes and and that really starts to open people yes, up. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, the elders say that our, the longest journey we'll take in our lifetime is from our heads to our hearts. <laughs> oh, so I the, love that. Yeah. So the 12 or so centimeters yes, from yes. our head to our heart is the longest journey we will ever take in our lifetime. Yeah. And so... Um, being the, the privilege and honor of doing this work that I have is um, providing pathways and entry points for all people, regardless of title, ethnicity, um, background, economic background, um, is, is, is to, to provide or to uncover those entry points or pathways that are already within each of us as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that's how I stay passionate about the work because I see it happening all the time, no matter what environment, what environment I'm in and what context I'm in. That's like sort of the theme that like threads through all of my work is, yeah. is um, transformative change inside individuals. It just makes me want to take a deep breath and kind of settle in. Mm -hmm. Where do people learn the kinds of skills that you've been kind of cobbling together, mm. experimenting with, pioneering in in the work that you're doing. If if um, our listeners are 
sitting out there saying, well, hmm, that, I've, I've got, I feel a calling to that. Mm. How do they go about assembling some of the kinds of skills mm. that you have, whether mm. they come from the settlement community or the colonizers or, mm-hmm. or whether they're coming from First Nations communities mm-hmm. like you have? Mm. I think um, I've, I've touched on a little bit of that, but to, to answer it more directly is, A, to get out in nature. Um, and nature is our biggest teacher, biggest teacher. Yeah. And, and healer and healer and the 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 western myth that we're separate from the land mm-hmm. that we all buy into including myself and i need it, we're here mm-hmm. to remember that we are not separate from the land that we are a, an extension it's of. an alienation isn't yeah. it it, yeah. it makes us other and yeah. we're all craving to yeah. be to be included yeah and it helps the resource development and and oh, and yeah. the mainstream society that we live in continue to tick along mm. when we believe that we're separate from Absolutely. and we're dominant over mm. so mm. that's really the root of that if we start really getting beneath the surface with our shovels oh, right yeah. so i think it's really about honoring and remembering that we are extensions of the land mm-hmm. And honoring that and being out in that, like connecting to by the ocean and the mountains, like wherever. Yeah. Our own home territory. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And stillness. Stillness is um, something that, um, and quietness. And like I said earlier about the reactivating the wisdom that's inside of us requires that deep internal work. And so whatever we need, another mainstream myth that I'm always busting is we think that we need to reach outside of us externally all the time for the answers and solutions. And I need to get this degree and that designation and that certificate. And I need to talk to that expert and I need to go and talk to that psychic and bless all of those experts and psychics and Mm -hmm. professors' hearts. And we actually have everything we need in within us is my belief and what's truer for me is that i have all of what i need internally and so my work in this mainstream world that i live downtown vancouver with internet and screen time and phone calls and everybody sort of pulling at me for different things is to be still and to breathe in the life force and be in nature and trust and ask myself, what is it that I am here to do in this world? And how do I access that? And just being still and trusting that the answers will come up and setting the intention, letting the universe know you're looking for answers and they will come to you. That's the law of attraction. Yeah. That is, oh, yeah. That's, how the, that's how the world works. Like so much of... Um, we like I say, the the actual physical portion of who we are as human beings is just the small part. There's so much unseen energetically that is happening that we think we're doing. The ego likes to think we're doing, mm-hmm. but actually the physical part of ourselves is just the small quotient. So if you start to learn the powers of the universe and like the formulas of manifestation and like and just like starting to like name things like I'm looking for answers Mm -hmm. to A 
I want to understand reconciliation. I want to understand the first peoples of this land. And that's your mantra. You're, you're starting to energetically bring that towards you. Yeah. And so starting to work with that and be still and practice mantra and breathe and be out in nature, that's how anybody can start to break down those myths that we need to look externally, that we're separate from the land, that, um, you know, that that will keep us searching for a lifetime when we continue to buy into those concepts. And so, yeah, that's how I that's how I've been able it's to get to where I am. Home, right? Yeah. 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 Um, we, we were um, talking a little earlier about um, uh, em- the empowerment of First Nations women. Mm. Um, and of course, you're living it. Mm. You you are your own experiment yes, in that. Yes, definitely. But what are you learning as you as you go along, mm. and what are you sharing? Hmm. I'm learning about the matriarchs and um, the matrilin the sophisticated matrilineal society that existed prior to contact. Mm. That the stat. The mainstream stat is that 80% of the indigenous communities in North America were matrilineal. And so what happened when settlers came in is they broke, there was an intentional um, break in those systems through the Indian Act and the legislative oppression of indigenous women, not only in this country, but around the world. Because they were patrilineal lineages and, and that was their power structure. Yes. So um, I'm, what I'm uncovering is about learning about that and um, how do we bring some of the elements of what those matrilineal societies, um, how they thrived, the elements of that, the principles of that, the ceremony of that, and how do we weave that into our modern day society? So like I said earlier, it's not about like romanticizing. No. It's like updating our program. That would have been evolving all the way along yes. too if it had been allowed to totally. continue, right? Totally. Yeah. So it's about updating our program and saying this is our current reality hmm. in 2018, right? So how do I bring, reach back and bring those um, matrilineal ways of being and knowing in the world into this modern day society so that we're elevating and giving voice to the mothers of this land, to the indigenous women of this land. And our elders say that the indigenous women are the heart of our communities. And so when the women are healthy, our communities are healthy. So I actually, in my advocacy work, I say that if the federal government and the provincial government and all of industry would invest in the optimal health and wellness of indigenous women, that will solve so many of our problems in this country in regards to indigenous people topping the statistics of of incarceration, suicide rates, diabetes, diabetes, obesity, um, children in care, all of that. If we in this country could come together and invest and lift up the, the indigenous women, that the ripple effect of all of that would not only be felt by indigenous communities, but by all Canadians. And yes. when our, the most popular, the most vulnerable population in the country um, is, is lifted up, mm-hmm. then we all win. Yes. And so mm-hmm. that's 
my that is where I am on my soapbox about that is oh, like yeah. it's not sexy it's not the next innovative thing it's about investing in the optimal health and wellness and safety of indigenous women mm-hmm. and imagine what the world would be if we had safe healthy and well indigenous and women preserving and celebrating yes that wellspring mm-hmm. of wisdom mm-hmm. yeah our children would come back home we have a crisis right now of over 163,000 Indigenous children in care. That is more than um, the entire amount of Indigenous children that went to residential schools. Yeah. We, we had about 150,000 over 100 years that went to residential schools, and we're actually in more of a crisis right now. Yeah. We have a hundred. We got to look at the numbers and really understand what it is that we're doing. So, what are the changes we need to make today so that Mm -hmm. 20 years from now we're not having another apology, another 94 calls to action about our children in care? So, Mm -hmm. that's the call to action is Mm -hmm. the investment in the optimal health, wellness, and safety of Indigenous women. So we've just got a little bit of time left, and I feel that as part of that call to action, is there stuff that's coming up for you over the next little while, or are there resources you would like to connect our listeners to? What would you like to offer them right now? Um, I would love to connect with people who would like to make it um, and be a part of the the journey of and supporting and uplifting the optimal health, wellness, and safety of Indigenous women. Um, and I've been working as an advocate with the uh, provincial government as the chair of the Minister's Advisory Council on Indigenous Women and looking at the impacts of resource development on Indigenous women in this upcoming EA revitalization legislation that's coming down with the new NDP government in the fall. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'd love to connect with any students that are doing research around the impacts of resource development on communities or Indigenous women. Um, I'd love to connect with people who are doing research around the safety and health and wellness of Indigenous women. Um, And I'd also love to connect um, with people who are passionate about the reconciliation movement and who are doing things, because I'm always constantly asked, Chastity, how do we be a part of, Mm -hmm. right? I want to be a part of. And it feels like this huge Mount Everest, right? that we've all inherited from our ancestors in Canada around the current situation we're in. And so I love hearing about that, like what people are doing. And it's like yeah. even having hosting a dinner and having a conversation about reconciliation, you know, like mm. those are things we can do that it's are real. grassroots conversations. Yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, that's who I'd love to hear with and connect with. That's awesome. So yeah, people that I I hear in that call there that you know people who are doing research that might relate because that can bolster mm-hmm. the uh, what you're bringing through to the higher yes. levels, right? That will affect the structures and the um, the resources, the access to those resources, mm-hmm. all of that, and then also the people who would just be the hands, mm-hmm. right? We just need hands on the ground right and opening hearts opening minds connecting building those bridges conversations around kitchen tables yeah yeah boardroom tables totally yeah how can people get in touch with you if they do want to get in touch with you right so I my website is um chastitydavis.com um so you can get a hold of me through there. I'm also on Facebook, um, Chastity Davis or Chastity Davis Consulting. I'm on Twitter at C Davis Consult. 
and I'm on Instagram, chastity underscore Davis, and I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm everywhere. I just, yeah, I'm like, I'm looking, I'm curious, I'm looking to connect with people on the similar journey. So I try to be where I can. So look up Chastity Davis (laughs) and you're going to find her on one of the platforms. But I have tweeted out your website. And of course, we're connected in to you uh, on Twitter on all of your tweets, the tweets as well, so that um, people can find you quite easily just through connecting with us. Great. Beautiful. You have a retreat or something coming up yes. soon, don't you? Yeah. So I don't do a lot of public offerings. I usually am uh, busy with uh, private offerings. But I've, uh, like I said, I've um, spread my wings into the yoga world. And I've collaborated with Danielle Hugenbloom, who's a non-Indigenous woman who doing social justice and yin yoga in the world. And so we've come together to create a couple of public retreats this fall. One in September, September 14th to 16th in Vancouver. It's an urban retreat. And the other one is at Bodega Ridge in Galliano Island from November 1st to 4th. And the theme of that is yin yoga, reconciliation, and heart-centered leadership. So if you want to learn and be a part of and enact and get it into your bones, what we've been talking about here and more, please come to that. And you can find information on that um, at lovelightyoga.com. Beautiful. Lovelightyoga.com. Okay, I'm going to tweet that out real quick. And it's shining light already. Like you can, <laughs> yes. It has this energy wrapped all around yeah. it, right? And it's like November is that dark time of the mm-hmm. year when it's so wonderful to go inner. Yeah. And really start looking at yeah. um, all the stuff that's going on on the inner for levels. Sure. Yeah. So what is your next learning edge for you? Well, I'm looking at how government can... Um, build in to the environmental assessment process of how to measure the impacts of resource development on Indigenous women. So that's where I'm like, is is like, it, there's a practice called Indigenous gender-based analysis that some academics have been writing about, but there's nowhere in this country that has actually implemented it. And we have the political will and the bureaucratic will and the industry will to do it. So I'm mm-hmm. that's my next edge is how do we take it from this theory academic into impl- implementing mm-hmm. on the ground. That's, That's my Lex learning edge. Awesome. Mm. That's so good. Chastity, thank you so much for thank joining you. us today. This thank was you so for great. having us. I feel like we just skimmed the top of the mountains, but yeah. they were really worthy mountains. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And in my language, we say emote, which is thank you, thank you, or oh, it's, I like yeah, it. emote. So emote, emote. And all my too. relations. And until next time. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happ